When I was a kid and my family moved away from my childhood home, I always assumed that I would go back, that I would move into my hometown and take on one of the adult roles, maybe a bank teller or a teacher or one of the other roles that I saw adults filling in that community, in that world and society. But as I've grown and I've watched things change in the world, I've come to realize that I can't go back. None of us can. The world has changed far too much since those days. The climate has changed because of all that we're doing to the environment, the advances in technology, the increased number of the population, and the increased number of drivers on the road. We've really done quite a lot to make the entire world a very different place from what we had in childhood. And now, as an adult, knowing that I can't go back, I'm looking forward and wondering what can we do to keep things from changing so rapidly. Tonight on Tea Then Talk, I will be talking with Melissa Mew, a student at the University of Washington who is pursuing a degree in law economics and public policy. We're going to discuss climate change and the things that cause it. And we're going to look into a few of the ways that we as humans can reduce our impact on the swiftly shifting climate. Good afternoon, Melissa. Good afternoon. Welcome to this episode of Teeth and Talk. Thank you. We recently were talking about my e-waste episode, and we got into a bit of a conversation about climate change. So I wanted you to come on the show and answer a few questions about that. What are some of the causes of climate change? Climate change is caused by the greenhouse effect. And what is the greenhouse effect? The process where radiation is trapped into the Earth's core due to increases in greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. What are the main greenhouse gases? The three major greenhouse gases are carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. How are they produced? Carbon dioxide is emitted from energy-related activities, including electricity and transportation through the burning of fossil fuels. Methane and nitrous oxide are emitted through natural sources and human activities such as the cultivation of crops and the management associated with livestock. Methane and nitrous oxide are considered the more powerful and active greenhouse gas. How does climate change affect our daily lives and our quality of life? Well, climate change causes the planet to experience regional and seasonal temperature extremes, which reduces snow cover and sea ice, intensifies heavy rainfall, increases natural disasters, and changes the habitat for plants and animals. So basically, it's completely confusing the environment and causing it to attack the earth, it seems. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, it can impact our food supply, too. How does the agriculture industry contribute to climate change? Agriculture is a substantial part of the United States economy. According to the most recent U.S. Census in 2017, more than 3 million people are farmers, with the value of products sold near $400 billion. Although the United States land area covers 2.4 billion acres, agriculture is the largest use of land in the United States. How much of the land in the United States is used for agriculture? 
2019 study from the United States Department of Agriculture estimated that about 40% of the land base is used for agricultural purposes, including cropland, grassland, pasture, and range, grazed farmsteads, and farm roads, totaling nearly 900 million acres. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The most common farming systems in the world are classified as either intensive or extensive agriculture. What are the differences between the two systems? Extensive agriculture is a system that uses small amounts of labor and capital and relies on the soil's natural fertility, the climate, and water availability to produce yields. Intensive agricultural activities require a higher input. Significantly relying on genetically modified crops, fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides, as well as machinery and irrigation systems to keep up with the growing demand for food. The increased population has quite an impact on how agriculture affects the environment, doesn't it? Yes. The increased demand of food due to the rapidly increasing population led to the creation of genetically modified crops and organisms. Which required farmers to overuse fertilizers, herbicides, and pesticides. This contributed to the poor health condition of workers, degraded the land, eroded the soil, contaminated the water, and increased nitrous oxide emissions. What exactly is meant by genetically modified crops? Genetically modified crops are crops that are created in laboratories using a genetic engineering process where scientists identify the genetic information that gives an organism a desired trait. They then copy and insert the genetic information into a chosen plant's DNA. To enhance or change the plant's existing traits, seed and chemical companies like Monsanto, an American biotechnology corporation that produces genetically modified seeds in the herbicide Roundup, claim that genetically modified crops would decrease the use of pesticides and increase crop yields. That sounds really gross. I mean, like, I have <laughs> some jewelry that has lab-created gems. Where like they take the same chemicals that are in the gems and then just like grow them in a lab, but <laughs> the concept of taking the chemicals that that are in crops and lab growing them just seems wrong, like really wrong.、Mm -hmm. Yeah, that can create some problems too. What are some of the problems with genetically modified? Well, one of the major problems is that scientists are unsure how the plant alteration will negatively affect the gene expression. So there are many natural environmental variables that impact the development of a plant, which cannot be accounted for in a lab, such as water availability, temperature, soil quality, and interaction of different species. So this means that when the modified plant is placed into a natural environment. There can be unintended and undesirable consequences, since the complex natural environment could not be replicated in the lab. Furthermore, since GM seeds 
or edited to be tolerant to specific herbicides and pesticides. Farmers believe it is cost-efficient to use monoculture, the agricultural practice of specializing in the single crop on many acres of land consecutively over the years. Monoculture lacks biodiversity, which creates major pest problems when combined with climate change. Insects are cold-blooded organisms. More like cold-blooded micro-monsters, <laughs> some farmers I know would have you believe. <laughs> Variations in temperature have a significant impact on insect biological processes, showing that an increase in average temperature would accelerate the reproductive and development cycle of insects and increase the survival rate of eggs. What kind of pests do pesticides foster into a rapidly growing population? For instance, there is significant time reductions to the reproductive cycle of sycamore lace bugs as the temperature increased at 19 degrees Celsius. Sycamore lace bug eggs took 20 days to develop and at 33 degrees Celsius, the eggs took 7.6 days to develop. This means that warmer average temperatures lead to faster reproduction rates in pests and an increase in pest populations on farms. Farmers use pesticides to combat the increase in pest populations caused by climate change. However, pesticide resistance occurs due to pests surviving from the repetitive applications of the same chemicals onto a field, eventually passing on the resistance genes to their offspring. As a result, farmers overuse chemicals leading to pesticide poisoning in workers and negative effects on the environment. When humans are exposed to pesticides through inhalation, skin contact, or oral exposure, they face the risk of developing cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, asthma, bronchitis, infertility, birth defects, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, autism, diabetes, and obesity. I actually have ADHD. Oh yeah, I feel like I might have ADHD too. Well, now we can blame it on pesticides. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, um, there's actually traces of pesticides on food. So not only workers are exposed to pesticides and face the risk of developing cancer and the multitude of health concerns and diseases, but also anyone can develop these diseases as well. Well, that's it. I'm just going to stop eating. <laughs> Other than that, I guess there's growing and producing all my own food. I mean, I don't know, it's the only solution if they're going to growing our food in labs and then covering it with poison. Tonight, I've been speaking with Melissa Mew, a student from the University of Washington, about climate change and I have been bombarding her so rapidly with questions that had I brought her a cup of tea, she would not have had time to take a sip. So we're gonna take a short break and then we will continue to talk about climate change and the things that you can do to reduce your impact on the environment. Are the terms climate change and global warming interchangeable? Well, sort of. Global warming is the increase of the Earth's average surface temperature due to buildup of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Climate change is a broader term that refers to the long-term changes in climate, including average temperature and precipitation. For instance, mean surface temperatures have risen more than 2 degrees Fahrenheit since the late 16th century, with six of the warmest years in the 1880s to 2020 record occurring since 2015. Although the two degrees of global warming might seem small, it is caused by significant increases in accumulated heat due to greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, leading the planet to experience regional and seasonal temperature extremes, which causes climate change, such as decreases in snow cover and sea ice, increases in heavy rainfall, natural disasters, and changes the habitat for plants and animals. Okay, so I guess global warming is one of the results of climate change. Um, well, climate change. <laughs> <laughs> well, climate change is caused by global warming. Yeah. So yeah, the other way around. <laughs> yep. It seems like the increase in agricultural production has a significant on impact on both humanity in general. As well as on the environment, why do agriculturists choose to continue to increase their production at such a great expense to others and to the environment? Agricultural policies and government subsidies serve to incentivize farmers to participate in monoculture and intensive agriculture through protecting farmers against fluctuations in prices, revenues, and yields, and it also allows loopholes for climate pollution. For、mm. instance. Yeah, for for instance, the 1972 Clean Water Act is supposed to protect water resources by regulating discharges of pollutants into the water. However, many agricultural practices are not covered under the National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System, a program established under the Clean Water Act. This program monitors and limits. Sources of pollution or facilities that discharge pollutants into United States waters, but water containing pesticides, fertilizers, sediment, and other pollutants that flow from irrigated fields into surface waters are not regulated under the program. Pollution from farms are also exempt from the Safe Drinking Water Act, which strives to prevent contaminants from entering sources of drinking water, and the Clean Air Act, which serves to hold major polluters accountable by requiring facilities that use hazardous chemicals in quantities above specified thresholds to follow a risk management plan with the EPA. Furthermore, under the two environmental laws. Comprehensive Environmental Response Compensation and Liability Act, as well as the Emergency Planning and Community Right to Know Act, farmers are exempt from monitoring and reporting obligations from the release of hazardous substances into the environment, and farmers are exempted from current environment laws such as the Clean Water Act, Clean Air Act, and the Comprehensive Environmental Response Compensation and Liability Act. As well as the Emergency Planning and Community Right to Know Act, this is because the chemicals that pollute the environment are essential to the production of commodity crops such as cotton, corn, soybeans, rice, and wheat, the foundation of United States diet. I consume a lot of soy myself. I've been cutting back on corn. <laughs> I pretty much live on soy milk, tofu, and soybeans. <laughs> yeah, I, I eat a lot of tofu. Yeah, so much of what I eat. 
is some kind of soy-based product. And I'm like, I eat other plant-based stuff, but I mean, as a vegetarian who is also allergic to nuts, I consume a lot of soy. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I guess having a plant-based diet is more beneficial for the environment than、um, eating meat, for sure. Yeah, I did recently read something about how if people were consuming the amount of vegetation that it takes to feed one cow, you could feed exponentially more people on that vegetation than you can feed by, you know, slaughtering the cow and, and serving it as food. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's quite interesting. Aside from everybody eating the grass instead of feeding the grass to cows, <laughs> what actually does need to be done to address the issue? So the population of the world is projected to increase to 9.9 billion, and as talked about, the agricultural practices have already accelerated the effects of climate change through the overuse of pesticides. So, to mitigate the effects of intensive agricultural practices, the government must remove commodity crop subsidies and allocate that money to farms that practice sustainable agriculture through growing a variety of specialty crops. And farmers should not be exempted from the current laws that apply to other industries, such as the laws mentioned before,、uh, the Clean Water Act, Clean Air Act, and so forth. Um, this way, the farmers that use the chemicals that pollute the environment would be liable for their actions. And not only that, I think the organic movement and the creation of plant-based and synthetic meats also give us hope for an environmentally sustainable future because they both discourage the use of harmful chemicals for production. Specifically, the Impossible Burger, which is a synthetic meat, generates 89% less. Greenhouse gas emissions than a cow burger by requiring 87% less water and 96% less land than a cow burger. Furthermore, if the consumption of beef is reduced by three fourths due to the new market of synthetic and plant-based meats, the global greenhouse gas emissions would be reduced by about 20%, according to Tim Sertinger, a Princeton University research scholar. Seems like with a few simple, small changes, we could be doing a lot more to use a lot less of the world's resources. If the world switches to an organic and plant-based diet, not only will we improve the environment and the health of our people, but it would create a new market, generating new jobs and a better economy. Are there any other things that people can do, like as individuals, to help combat or at least not continue to? Contribute to climate change. Yeah,、um, as previously mentioned, the agricultural industry is just one part of climate change.、Um, there is actually three major green- greenhouse gases: carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. Agriculture does contributes to two of these greenhouse gases, which are methane and nitrous oxide. The carbon dioxide are emitted from electricity and transportation, and so changing your transportation. To like electricity or riding your bike more often than using a gas-powered vehicle would limit the carbon dioxide、um, emitted to the environment. Yeah, I guess also if people would carpool more, and if more people were able to switch to using like mass transit systems, like the bus system 
or um, like here in Seattle, we have light rail or, or taking trains mm-hmm. probably because that would at least cut down on the amount of drivers on the road, thereby cutting down on the amount of pollution being produced. Thanks again to Melissa Mew, a law, economics, and public policy student at the University of Washington, for joining me tonight on this episode of Tea Then Talk and helping me to understand the problem of climate change a little bit better. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode and that you've learned some things and maybe gained a new perspective on what we as humans are doing to our planet. If you like what you hear, please share. And I look forward to speaking with you again on Teeth and Talk.